ready? And we ran. We ran so far away. <laughs> but we didn't get anywhere because we went in a loop. We didn't get anywhere. So, Jeff, how are you feeling? Oh, that was fantastic. I'm feeling pretty good. I went uh, went out for my uh, for my first run tonight since Saturday. So, how are you feeling after Saturday? Same, same, same. Uh, uh, well, first, uh, welcome to Podcast Versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Newser. Hello. Uh, we we uh, we participate in the Sound to Narrows event in Tacoma, a running event where people uh, run run for no run goddamn distances. They pay money to run. Like <laughs> that's it. And you get uh, a little uh, uh, medal. Yeah. A participation of, medal. Of all the stupid shit that we do that prehistoric people would be like, what the fuck? Like this has to be up there. Right. Like, and like, not, wait. I mean, yeah. you, you run for, for, I mean, they probably wouldn't even have, you know, have had a word for entertainment, right? Like they would have had, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, enter, I, I, I don't know. It would have been something, but it's like, you know, the idea that you run for, for fun, for joy, <laughs> like you pay to, you know, and, and then we're like, no, we're, let's really blow their minds. Let's show them the rock and roll marathon in Seattle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. You want to see people, those people paid like a hundred bucks to go run in the street for 25 miles. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. It's uh, but I, yeah, I did my, uh, I did my first run now. Um, the caveat on that. On Sunday, we went on like a, a leisurely family bike ride because uh, uh, B was attached to the back of uh, Amanda's bike, so we couldn't go too fast. Um, so that wasn't too taxing. But I went on a. Um, we're doing the. I think I've mentioned before. We're doing the uh, Seattle to Portland ride next month. Mm. So I, I got to get my ass in gear on training that on that bike. Yeah, you do. Uh, so I went for a little like uh, 15 mile ride. Um, basically retracing the sound and arrows path somewhat going through uh going through point point defiance park and man that's a hilly ride a hilly run and a hilly ride uh so uh i i did a little uh you know 15 mile ride um so i taxed myself a little bit yesterday and then today um right about 20 minutes after i ate dinner i was like uh, i want to get a run in before we do the podcast before i drink a bunch of beer yeah um and and so i i, uh, I just went out and man i just could like i couldn't get it going like i <laughs> just couldn't get get up to speed it was it was a struggle i went ran for yeah. 20 minutes and it was just a struggle the entire time a uh, complete opposite of saturday where i just felt really good and obviously running with thousands of people yeah um, that makes you know, a huge propels difference propels you and and there you always can find someone to run next to or whatever you know and follow or whatever and and uh, we had big groups of army guys running through and chanting and then all that and there was actually a band playing music like halfway through the course like out just parked in one of the the turnouts on a 5 mile drive and and Point Defiance Park, and that was pretty funny. So didn't have any of that uh, tonight on my two-mile run just through the, the neighborhood. Uh, so it was a little rougher. Um, but, yeah, I, I uh, um, got to get my legs back, my running legs. But now I got to transition to uh, cycling legs. Um, but, yeah, but it was overall, man, it was uh, it was fun. It, it was a nice sense of accomplishment. Uh, yeah. I, I th- We both ran faster than we uh uh, faster than our goals. So yeah, that I was mean, nice. I think 
it's 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 hard to uh, it's hard to describe to people kind of how hard that course is and and when I say hard like I ran the 5k you ran the 12k so that's I mean I I probably would have died had I tried to do the 12k but um, anybody who's familiar with you know Tacoma and Point Defiance in that area I mean basically the race is look you don't even have to be familiar with Point Defiance necessarily just like if you've ever been to the water you know that when you go to the water, you have to go down hills to get to sea level, right? So it's like the race starts up above and you run toward the water and then you run back. And so it's like, you know, for me, it's like I ran, you know, kind of down to basically where point of the, the entrance to Point Defiance was, right? Right. And then came back. Um, so, you know, a little over three miles. Well, like you ran, I, I don't know what yours works out to like about seven miles, right? It's about seven so, and a half. Yeah. yeah. So you had to run all the way down to actually to the water <laughs> and then all the way back up, which is fairly incredible to me actually, because, uh, I thought I might vomit when I was going over the finish line, mostly just because I was really plugging along on the uphill, really trying to, to give it my best, my best effort and use all my, my last little bit of energy. And then, uh, and then when I, you know, come, there's a little downhill as you go towards the finish. Um, I was like, yeah, I made it this far. And then like, I think there was like some kind of release. And then all of a sudden I was like, <laughs> but I, but I didn't, I, I held it together and, uh, sat by the finish line waiting for you to come across. And then of course, like a moron, I was playing around on my phone when you came running by. And so I did get a good shot of your backside. <laughs> I so, know it was excellent. So you're welcome for that. You're welcome. I, that. yeah, that was, uh, it, that's a pretty, like, it's a pretty hilly course and I wasn't really training. You basically were like, I'm going to do this on Saturday. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do the 12 K. Um, <laughs> I was uh, like, like, really <laughs> you are. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's like, it's just basically rolling. Like you go down, you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. And, and the thing about like, you know, when you're cycling, when you go downhill, that's like a rest, you know, if you want it to be, you can have it be a rest. There's no rest when you're running. Like, it's funny when I look at my like heart rate during a, a run, it's just steadily grows up. Uh, if you could look at it during a bike ride, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. But so I had read about this, this basically in the 12K and then the same as the 5K, the first mile and a half or so is just straight downhill. And, or like maybe the first half mile is flat and then you just go downhill for the next mile. And so I, I had read about this 12K race because they've been running it for 40 plus years. And they said, don't tack, don't like book it down the hill because you have another you know, six miles to go after you hit the bottom of that hill. And as soon as you enter Point Defiance Park, it's a steady climb for almost a mile. And it's just, it's it's a nightmare. Like, you're just like, and I'm glad I researched the race because I would have just booked it down that hill. But I was just like holding back and, and I had a lot of energy in the middle of the race to do with those hills. It was finally at the end of the race when you're coming back up the hill, um, you're basically climbing for a mile and a half until the last half a mile i was um i i i i was keeping my pace going up the hills i was pushing really hard and i got to the top of the hill the last half mile my legs were just like jelly and uh and i i was like trying to push so hard there was this girl that i was pacing with like through a, several miles of the race and we were chatting a little bit and uh i had pulled away from her on the hills because i was able to climb the hills pretty well um but then when we got to that flat part at the end she came running by me she's like 
She's like, oh, you pulled away from me. And I'm like, oh, I'm paying for it now. Like, <laughs> like I can't do anything now. But I did uh, I did have a little bit left for that last dash to the line. But it was, uh, it was quite an experience. Um, uh, it was fun. I think I'm going to do it every year now yeah. and, you know, try to beat my beat my times in the future and all that. Yeah. You know? I just kept trying to pick out people who I thought were either older or fatter than me. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I got, I got to, I got to reel that person in and pass them. I got to reel that guy in and pass him, you know? And then, so I, that, that That's made me feel a race. Yeah. 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 You know, but it's, it's cool. Like, like, I don't know. The races are fun. You get the. Uh, I got a lot of go cubes. Yeah, and there's lots of people around. I was and wearing a coop shirt, and you were. Yeah. I probably got some go cougs. I just wasn't listening because I had music in my ear. Um, I can't. I can't do it otherwise. So, I got to have something going. But um, yeah, so it was lots of lots of Pearl Jam, some Rage Against the Machine, a little uh, little Soundgarden. So we were we were plugging away and. I just had the sounds of the race, man. Yeah. I needed. I always end up focusing on the sound of my feet going thud, 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 thud. And yeah, it's that's like, rhythmic. It's nice. Yeah, but then it's like all I think is, oh, my feet. Oh, my feet kind of hurt. My legs feel kind of heavy now. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to think about that. I want to think about, you know, uh, Mike McCready's, you know, killer guitar solo or whatever. Well, so what are you drinking to uh, to celebrate your, your uh, 5,000... 5,000 meter my 5,000 meter run yeah <laughs> uh so yeah so tonight after after again going for you know going for a run uh for the first time kind of feeling I wanted to drink something a little light so I had a I had a Fremont summer ale that I picked up sitting in the fridge so I grabbed that I'm working on that and uh it's you, I know you're you were talking about Bodie from Costco yeah. Did, did you get the 24 pack from Costco? I didn't. They three months summer ale. So no. So this was just a just a bomber. They they had a they had a 22 there. So. Oh, okay. Because so actually, I, up, uh, I my, could not drink 24 uh, cans. I would not want to drink 24 cans of anything. Yeah, we were. Uh, we don't have a Costco membership. We used to for many years, but we just never went enough for it to matter. And uh, but. Um, my uh my uh, girlfriend's uh, dad amanda's dad and mom were in town um so we went to costco on saturday and uh we uh they have 24 packs of summer ale and and basically they're just like they both love that beer i, I like summer ale it's good beer um but they just always looking for stuff they can drink that they don't have to ask me to drink so <laughs> it's a pretty good deal man it's like yeah less like it's it's way cheaper than buying it in the regular store so yeah mike have at it and yeah. they crushed it man we only got yeah. like a six pack left so yeah so they no, were it's... they were having fun with the summer i haven't even had one yet yeah uh, but uh yeah so fremont summer ale um, yeah nice, nice light uh nice light summer summer beverage so yeah i think it's essentially just a, a hoppy pale ale yeah yeah it's you know it's it would uh you know if those those of you listening to the to the podcast who maybe have you know because if you listen to the podcast if if you listen to our beer stuff every week you're probably not like your run-of-the-mill bush light drinker um but if you have say family members who you know do that like my dad you know if you're trying to trying to get them to to drink maybe something like not coors light or something like that um I feel like this would be a pretty good sort of gateway 
craft beer to kind of get them into it. It's light. Um, it's a little bit citrusy. It's kind of bready, like like those light beers. Um, so, yeah, it's good. I think maybe might be a little hoppy. I think you've been maybe having a, a lot of IPAs. Maybe your yeah. palate's a little it, that's a little, prob- little tuned to them. Like like I've drank so many sour beers now that like I'll I'll have a beer that's like I don't think it's very tart and I'll I'll try someone I know that's like not that into you know a, a tart beer and I'll let them try it and they'll be like oh my god that's so tart and I'm like oh man my I guess my uh, <laughs> my palate is just uh, You're like my my taste buds point. have been crushed yeah yeah so. So yeah, that's uh, like you've been sucking on Sour Patch Kids every day or something. Yeah, I do like Sour Patch Kids. Mm. The theater, delicious. Yeah. Well, you buy yeah, them at they are delicious. Wal- buy them at Walgreens and then take them into the movie theater. <sighs> How, them dare the theater. How dare you? How dare you, Craig? <sighs> so um, um breaker. How many? Arrest you for that? How many? Uh, so out of five discount movie snacks from the drugstore versus <laughs> instead of uh, seven dollar movie snacks, yeah. um, out of how many five? How how many yeah. five discount movie snacks would you rate this that? This is like uh, this is like three point seven five chocolate covered peanuts. Uh, goobers. 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 I do love goobers. I mean, I like most like movie snacks that are just something covered in chocolate. Yeah, chocolate I'm not big. Bears, chocolate covered raisins, raisinets. Yeah, I I almost said raisinets. I that was, I was close to saying raisinets, but raisinets are definitely more of, there more of a goofy movie, guy. Movie candy for me. Um, one of a I I do love with popcorn is milk duds. I feel like they counteract each other in terms yeah. of getting stuck in your teeth. Like they just like they they're both food that gets stuck in your teeth. But then they stick together. Yeah. Okay. They, let me let me blow your mind. Food. Let me yeah. blow your mind right now. Let me blow your mind right now. Yes. Sarah takes the milk duds and pours them into the popcorn. Yeah, I've seen and people then, do it with M and M's. And then eat some like that. Yeah. It gets I, I, a soft and squishy and. I, I pop a milk dud in my mouth, and then I guess go through a few handfuls of popcorn until that okay. milk, milk dud is is taxed. Okay. That, that's that's my style but i do it's like kind of, that but i just i just don't want the, the melted chocolate all over my hands i don't either it sounds disgusting to me but other yeah. people like it so whatever what yeah, about you snacks. uh so um next week i will be traveling to the great state of indiana mm-hmm. um so i uh i actually have uh, a wedding in chicago a friend in chicago getting married uh, the weekend after next, so like the 22nd or whatever. Um, and it turns out Amanda has a conference for work in Indianapolis next week, the week before. Uh, so it kind of worked out. I'll just fly out with her. I was going to fly out to the Midwest anyway for the, so it's not an extra flight for me. Um, um, we're going to fly out to, I'll fly out to Indianapolis with her. I'll st- we'll stay in Indianapolis during the week. Um I'll watch B in the hotel room, do my, do my, the great part of working from home is that I can just do my job anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So I just work, you know, in, in indie. Um, I've tried to keep my uh, call schedule as clean as possible, you know, you know, nothing extra. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, but, you know, uh, get some work done in the hotel and uh, 
but yeah, so I've never been, I've been to Indiana a few times. Uh, when we lived in Nashville, we had some friends that were from IU. So we went to Bloomington and, and stuff, but I've never been to Indianapolis. So that will be a, a new town for me. I've been doing some, some beer research and such. Um, but anyways, so, uh, because I'm going to Indiana, uh, I went down to the cellar, found a beer from Indiana, um, from a brewery called Taxman Brewing. Um, they, uh, make a, 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 a barrel age series, uh, that they can, they, I think they can everything. Um, this particular one, they, they have a, um, uh, a, 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 Belgian, or this is not a barrel-aged beer, actually. Um, I, I was confused, but it's a, it's a, it's a Belgian-style quadruple ale. Um, a quadruple ale is just a, a big malty beer, usually coming in about 10 to 12 percent. Um, it's uh, usually kind of ruby amber in color, um, and it's uh, it's Belgian yeast, uh, which gives it kind of estery, fruity. Uh, flavors uh, with Bel- uh, Belgian candy sugar, uh, which gives that like sweetness to it. Um, uh, so it's a very classic style brewed by monks or whatever. Uh, the most famous, uh, the one of the well, one of the ones that you've made a uh, quadruple you've probably seen is uh, Saint Bernardus Twelve. Uh, that one you can find a lot of places or, or uh, Rochefort Ten. Um, that's a a, a Roquefort uh, Ten. Uh, those are pretty available in the U.S. Probably the most famous one is the West Vlederen. Um I'm not pronouncing that right. Um, we usually call it Westy. Uh, Westy 12. Um, I've had to, it, at one point, was the highest rated beer in the world for quite a long time before, you know, the craft beer scene exploded. Um, so the quadruple is a very, uh, it's a good style, especially if you like malty uh, thick beers uh it's you know it's like a cut it's like a belgian cousin to a barley wine um it's like the english like the belgians version of an english barley wine um but so typically when you know the the brewers will make and if you, when you barrel age these they, they taste like you know they'll they'll have some of the same malty characteristics but this particular one is not barrel age it is um it's a, a belgian style quadruple which they threw a, a curveball here and added coffee and vanilla um, this is one's a little lighter than some. It's nine and a half percent. They uh, so this is it's called qualified, um, which is they always have tax related names. I'm not sure exactly what qualified would in, would imply, um, but uh, um, but yeah. So they they have tax man. Their their logo is like this um, skull, a smiling skull with a top hat and a bow tie. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Indiana. It's from Bargers or Bargers or Bargersville, Indiana. Um, I think it's a little bit south of Indianapolis. Uh, I've read like, you know, it's worth a, a trip if you're going to Indianapolis. We won't have a car. Uh, we're actually taking the Amtrak from Indianapolis to Chicago uh, when Ooh. we go there. Yeah, um, which is actually I found out uh, the state of Indiana decided to no longer fund that uh, route anymore. Interesting. Uh, so it's the last month of it running. Oh. So um, I'm, we're barely catching it. It was, I mean, it was, it was pretty inexpensive. It was like 70 bucks for the two tickets. Yeah, uh, that's super. For like super a five, five hour train trip or whatever. That's so it was a hell of a lot cheaper than renting a car one way or whatever. Right. Because um, we're flying out of Chicago. We're not coming back to Indianapolis. So. Right. 
Um, yeah, in Chicago, you don't really need a car. Uh, they have good, uh, well, if as long as you're staying in the right areas, you don't need a car. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. Um, I'll still find time uh, to podcast when I'm over there in, in indie land. Um, but uh, but I just wanted to have an Indian Indiana beer. Um, it's a pretty interesting one. Uh, I have a few others from them, uh, some bourbon barrel aged stouts and such, and uh, they're, they're pretty pretty solid stuff. Um, um, I, I assume they're a pretty good brewery overall uh, from the few things I've tried. Nice. So in terms of ratings, um, uh, well, this year, uh, thanks to the uh, the hit the the kind of uh, what many people, including myself, found out is that um, uh, when you were getting uh, a fewer taxes taken out of your uh, paycheck, turns out they just changed the. Uh, what they mostly did was change the um, the schedule that, for your uh, company to withdraw the money. Um, so this year I got a big surprise and uh, had a nice thousand uh, dollar tax bill at the uh, the end of the year. Mm. Uh, that was fun. You know, I always, yeah. always, always like to dip into your bonus uh, with the uh, tax. Uh, Thanks, uh, Trump. Taxes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my tax bill overall is roughly the same. It's just it was, <laughs> it was taken out, uh, not as much out of my paycheck to the point where they're like, you may have to pay a penalty because you didn't pay enough during the yeah, year. And I'm like, that's that was, bullshit. Like, what am that, I that actually to? happened to a lot of people. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, because the IRS actually adjusted the withholding calculations. So that, yeah, I, that's, that's what sort I meant. About I, how that happened to I, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So that anyway, happened, continue. That happened to me. Um, but yeah. Uh, but uh, so uh, Amanda and I are not married, so uh, we pick who gets to claim B based on who has the biggest tax impact. And Amanda, who makes more money than me, uh, it typically impacts her more. Um, so she gets a bigger, you know, difference in her tax return um, based on. Uh, and then you know she splits the difference with me on on paying my bill. So I didn't really like pay the bill, you know I. It, Amanda got a huge, huge return, and we just paid it out of that. So yeah, there you it, was, go. it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, uh, but uh, um, uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, on the flip side, Amanda had a surprise, very large uh, tax return. So um, out of five uh, surprisingly large tax returns, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give this four. Attaboy. Four surprisingly large tax returns. Yeah, which are, you know, it's always like if you actually understand how this works, you know that like, well, it's either that or you pay, like you're getting less taken out of your check throughout the year. It's it's all right. the same. You pay the same right. amount of taxes any way you do it. You pay the right. same. Amount. It doesn't matter. Which I don't think a lot. I think we've gotten into this like tax return uh, kind of culture where people think that like, I mean, there like are it's things. A bonus. Well, yeah, there are things like uh, the tax credits that are just like, oh, you have a kid and you get this or whatever, you know, or you make this uh, low of income and you get a bonus for that or or whatever. Right. But but really, like the whole year you were going to pay the same amount of taxes. And so it's not like you just ended it. You paid too much and that's why you get a return. Right. It's, not, it's not like free money or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> so. I think in general, people are just generally bad at two things. I think they're generally bad at budgeting and I, and then as an extension of that, they're generally bad at saving. And, and 
sometimes that's a, sometimes it's a, you know, people just, they, they have the money, they're going to spend the money, you know? And so basically the way they treat the tax return is as sort of a savings account, like a forced savings account, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like so the government's going to hold my money where I can't touch it for an entire year. And then they're going to pay me. It's almost like a trust fund or, or something, you know, well, like, here's your, here's your trust fund paycheck. You know, now I can go pay off the credit card or whatever. And it's like, well, if you were getting that money back all year because you had the proper amount of withholding, maybe you wouldn't have needed the credit card. You know I mean? I don't know, but I, it's hard though. Like, like I've stared at those, uh, what's the, is it the, the W4, right? Where you fill out your withholding. Yeah. Yeah. You try to really, figure that out. Yeah. And like, I stare at it and I'm like, I, like, I think I'm a pretty smart guy and I'm staring at it going like, I'm not even sure exactly what I'm supposed to be doing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I'm sure that happens to a lot of people and they end up, you know, withholding more than they need to, or, you know, they, they started out at a certain withholding level and then they had three kids and never changed it, you know, cause they never changed jobs. So anyway. Yeah. I think that's uh, like, I think, yeah. Uh, like uh, Amanda's at the withholding level of pre child. Yeah. And so it's so she's uh that's why she gets such a big return at the end <laughs> of the year. So <laughs> yeah. W- welcome to podcast versus everyone tax advice. <laughs> tax advice. Oh, we are not yeah. licensed tax professionals. I think we should. I feel like we should just throw that disclaimer in there so that we don't uh, we don't get ourselves in trouble. Yeah. If you don't know, ask someone who. Someone's gonna someone be like, knows. God damn you guys. I tried to adjust my withholding and now I owe $3,000 to the IRS. I blame it on you. I don't know. I don't take know. Our advice and Not you tax experts. Up, take our advice and you will end up in jail. Yeah. Guaranteed. Take our advice and go see a tax expert. Yeah, yeah that's what I say. That's our advice. Yeah. All right. All right. So should we, uh, I don't know, what's, uh, we, we've talked about running, we've talked about Beer and we've talked about taxes. For the for the three people who are still listening, what else should we talk about? Okay, so uh, <laughs> well we we do we we do have a WSU related topic. Yeah. Um. And so sort, sort th- of. But thanks yeah. to Mr. John Wilner of what is the San Jose or what San Jose, San Jose Mercury? Mercury News yeah 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 I didn't know if he yeah I mean, I mean his stuff gets uh, distributed to some other papers as is standard yeah. these days but um um but yeah so he 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 does the Pac-12 uh, hotline or whatever he calls it down there yeah. um probably the most uh well aside from uh Mr uh what is it Canzano yeah. Uh, who's who's just come back with a flurry of Pac-12 reporting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Wilner's been the most steady and f- uh, consistent Pac-12 reporter over. Well, there you just know, aren't that long. many. Yeah. There. There really. I mean, he might be the only one. Actually. There used to be one in like every Pac-12 market. You know, it used to be you know Bud Withers and Kenzano was that guy and, and is again and Wilner. But anyway, it used to be a guy everywhere and now like I think Wilner's one. Wilner and Kenzano and I. I'm not even sure. You know, Kenzano's not even, I don't think, kind of on the same level just because I think I think he's more doing, you know, sort of reporting on the conference itself where Wilner right. kind of tries to cover the whole conference. So anyway, continue with, with Mr. Wilner's, uh, I, I don't know, brilliant suggestion or not. Um, I guess that's what we're going to talk about. It's a suggestion. But uh, so obviously the, the Pac-12 uh, has what is viewed as a exposure problem. Yeah. 
uh, with you know seven uh, 10 p.m. 10:30 11 p.m. Eastern start times uh, in just even the, their marquee games are up against the marquee games of everyone else uh, you know um, so that's that's how you end up with the late start times just to kind of get your own slot but uh, where only the craziest and and insane like college football fans on the East Coast are still watching. Right. Um, I, I have experienced the East Coast start times many times, having lived in Tennessee and then Vermont for a total of about five and a half years. So I know the pain um, of that. I know there's several other writers we have on the the blog who have who have who have experienced the same thing. But it's a pain in the ass. Um, and, and, and you can see, like, you know, uh, with a, say, a 730 start time, you're I, I was like, I'm not even sure I can go to a, or it'd be 1030 out of East. I'm not even sure I can go to a 2 a.m. closing bar and watch this game because I might have to leave before it ends. <laughs> That's so sad. Yeah. like Yeah. And, and especially once Leach hit. Uh, the Cougs, you know, the uh, the uh, 60 to 59 game, I oh, I remember sitting in my Vermont living room when that got over and I had to come down. You have to come down after a game like that. Yeah. It's yeah. already like past 2 a.m. Yeah. And, and you're just like, well, I'm not going to bed for two hours, probably. So you're talking about like 4 a.m. Like if you're a diehard of one of these teams and if you're just. You know, if you're the crazy ones that you know, they're you're waiting for uh, for the Hawaii game, then whatever you know, like Spencer Hall waiting for that Hawaii game. Um, uh, but yeah, but uh, anyway, so to in order to gain more exposure, uh, John Wilner had an idea of putting more uh, Pac-12 games in the daytime for the East Coast, and of course, uh, one of the great and wonderful benefits of living on the West Coast is that you get 9 a.m. college football on Saturdays and 9 a.m. college basketball or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's such a glorious and wonderful thing. When I lived out east, um, it was you know 12 p.m. It was such like a long wait. You like, wait till noon. Yeah, yeah, like you just wait till noon for you got because now if you sleep in, there's football already on. You're like, all right, like I'm waking up and there's football. Like if you get up early, you can watch game day. And then, you know, that was the one good thing is you could watch game day without getting up at the ass crack of dawn. Um, but uh, but but other than that, it was uh, uh, it, it's it's I think it's way better to watch sports overall on the West Coast. Uh, but what Wilner suggested is that uh, what it was uh, you correct me on the details. I believe it was uh, each Pac-12 team uh, mu- must play a 9 a.m. home game. Uh, once every uh, once every five years, so it over was something period, like that over a period yeah. of five years. So basically, he's he suggests bringing 9 a.m. home games to uh, the Pac-12. Um, so you know, from a TV standpoint, it makes sense. Like it doesn't matter if you're watching at home and the Cougs are on at 9 a.m. Whatever, you know, you're just getting up at 9 a.m. Uh, from an attendance standpoint, uh, for WSU and, and several other places around i mean even even the city locations that's that's a tough ask to have uh uh, fans go in at 9 a.m um so jeff what do you think about this uh first uh well we'll get into what a a 9 a.m day would look like but what are your thoughts kind of on 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 the face of this 
Yeah, I mean, I'll start conceptually because I, I do think that the challenges are different for us, you know, than they are for, you know, Washington or, or, or you know, pretty much anybody else, right? So we'll get into those specific challenges in a sec. But, y- you know, I think here's here's the main problem I have with it. it it's not so much that, you know, it's it's 9 a.m., it's early, it's attendance, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I mean, those things all matter. I. I'm not convinced that it actually moves the needle at all, um, you know, because you're still it's not like you have that window all to yourself. You know, you're not you're not playing alone. Um, you know, there's other games in that window. Now, granted, they are, you know, and, and to my mind, we were kind of talking about this on the on the Coug Center Slack, you know, and maybe this is just anecdotal. But to my mind, it certainly seems like most of the games that are going on in that noon slot are sort of your second tier, you know, big, big 10, right. You know, ACC type games, maybe, maybe some sec, you know, I mean, just, just sort of, you know, your second tier stuff because most of the, the first tier stuff is happening, you know, in that three or 4 PM time slot, three thirty four PM time slot, um, you know, on CBS and, and, you know, ESPN, ABC, whatever. So, okay. So you play your nine o'clock game. I mean, you're not wanting to put, I mean, for, let's say for example, you know, Washington state, Oregon last year, right. Which was sort of the marquee game in the PAC 12 that day. Well, you're not playing that game in 9 a.m., right? No. You don't you don't want to take a game like that and, you know, play it at 9 a.m. where, um, you know, the fans are going to have a hard time getting there and the players may not be at peak performance level and all those things, right? So what you're playing is, you know, I mean, it's a second-tier game, right? I mean, that's basically what you would probably schedule there is, you know, a couple of unranked teams or, you know, a team that's ranked playing a team that's maybe not as good, you know, that sort of thing. So, so yeah, does it help maybe that ranked team get seen? You know, sure, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a handful more eyeballs on your game at that point. Yeah, if the alternative, if the alternative is a 7.30 start. Yeah. Right, you know, so, okay, so maybe there's a few more eyeballs than the 7.30 start. But, but right? also, there's another caveat here, right? Is is that game on the Pac-12 network? Right, so it's probably not. I, I imagine the 9 a.m. needs to be FS1, ESPN, something right. like that, right? Some Some sort of you know, quasi mainstream, you know, broadcast channel. And, and like I said, like, like theoretically, sure. I mean, it's better than for visibility. You're going to get better visibility than a seven o'clock start. Okay, fine. But how much is that really going to make a difference? Like, like I don't, I, you know, if you're really trying to attract a lot of eyeballs, it needs to be the best game in that time slot. And I, you, you don't want to do that with a 9 a.m. start or a 10 a.m. start if it's one of the mountain schools, right? Yeah, so yeah, really. So I just Oregon, don't I don't Oregon see Oregon State and Cal sure. playing each other. Like right. it not not to rip on them, but like last year if oh, it would have okay. been them playing, like it it it, it uh it, who the hell is what? Like it's again, you're it's the college football diehards that are watching it and they're probably right. staying up till 10:30 to watch that game anyway right. because that's so what they, they do on Saturday. Are they going to watch Cal Let's just say, you know, Cal, Arizona State, maybe something that's not quite as bad. Yeah, as Cal, Arizona Oregon. State. Over. Are they going to watch Cal, Arizona State, or are they going to watch uh, Arkansas, Mississippi? Or Purdue, Wisconsin. Or right. Something. Or something like that. You know, I mean, or Purdue, Northwestern. Right. You know, I mean, w- which one of those are they going to watch? Well, 
I, I mean, they're probably going to watch whichever one is conference affiliated for them. Like, like I do, right. I do that. Yeah. You know, I watch more PAC 12 football than I watch anything else. Even if maybe the quality is a little bit less than the other conferences, it's right. still, these are teams that my team is, you know, up against in the standings. These are teams that my team is going to play. I'm more interested in, in the outcome of, of those sorts of games. So of course I'm going to probably watch that a little more closely. So I don't, I don't know that's, you know, simply having it on head to head with those games is going to attract, you know, many more eyeballs because I just don't know that there are a lot of college football people who watch who are unaffiliated. Like ultimately this all comes down to how good are the teams and how bad do people want to watch good football? And I don't know that starting at 9 a.m. fixes any – I don't think it fixes any of that. So Yeah, and and uh, I, I think, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, picking these games and what games they should be. And, and you're, you're probably not – you're probably going to still have the primetime Eastern slot for your best game, you know, for your top right. teams at 5 right. p.m. or 3 p.m. start or whatever, you know. But uh, – but, but the thing is, if you're having a 9 a.m., if you're if you're forcing a school to plan for a 9 a.m. game and you're forcing TV trucks to plan for a 9 a.m. game, th- this can be like it's going to have to be treated like a Thursday or Friday game. And it's going to have to be um, uh, scheduled before the season. Like it's just it's it, the same way because, you know, there's every team has to have a certain number of Thursday or Friday games every you know once every five years or whatever and that's how the rules are now and that's probably where Wilner got the idea you know and so uh i i think that that you'd have to give you couldn't do the six day window with a 9 a.m you would just that would just be a nightmare for schools um to to have that and so you would have to have it scheduled and so you could end up having like (laughs) you know like was wazoo in oregon like we looked at it as a potential good matchup at the start of the year, but it, it I mean, it ended up being more than we thought it would be, especially because WSU ended up, you know, they were only ranked 25 coming into that game, but they ended up ranking 10th. And uh, that was a bigger game than it even looked at the time. Right. Um, but, but, uh, you know, say they, you know, say because, you know, they, they I, I, I just think like WSU versus anyone in Pullman, they would be like, yeah, that's you know that's a second tier game like automatically, and and so WSU versus you know uh, Utah that would like that would have been a, a a great choice you know before the season like two maybe fringe you know potentially could be ranked teams but you know because even at the start neither team was ranked but they both turned out to be two of the top three teams in the conference. And 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 one was a conference, you know, or, or uh, a division champ, and the other one was, you know, one Apple Cup away, like every year from being a division champ. And so, uh, so that was a huge game in retrospect. But, but even if they would have put it at 9 a.m. early in the year, it would have been seen as a second tier game. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's you're gonna have to plan ahead with those things. So it's gonna be hard to pick like what's exactly gonna be a first tier and second tier game. And you're also going to have to come to that year when uh, you you have to have USC play a 9 a.m. game and you have to have uh, Stanford play a 9 a.m. game and you have to have Oregon play a 9 a.m. game and and, and UW play a 9 a.m. game. Right. Um, and so that's what what which USC game are you going to pick? You're going to pick the game when they play San Jose State or whatever. 
And so because you because you're not going to deal with USC is already in this deal where we're getting the same amount of revenue as they are. So USC has already given up quite a lot to be in our little conference. And and uh, then you're going to be like, oh, by the way, USC, you have to play at 9 a.m. like the rest of us. Right. And so like uh, it's definitely going to be USC is going to be like, well, then it's going to be, you know, USC versus San Jose State. And my fear is like it would end up being like just to appease the schools. It's always these early season body bag games. Right. Like, oh, okay. Oh yeah, WC's playing Montana State. Well, we'll put that at 9 a.m. Whatever. Like it probably wasn't gonna be good attendance anyway. So like just put that right. at 9 a.m. Uh, so he, when it comes to the schedule makers and uh, maybe you know maybe. Uh, just because of pushback from the schools, it ends up being that way. Uh, maybe they could put some caveats in in the rules, and I, I think they would have to. Like, there has to be a conference game, and it has to be a certain time of year or whatever. Um, I think it would always have to be the first half of the year. <laughs> um, but uh, you can imagine going to a 9 a.m. game in Pullman in November. Oh. <laughs> Good Lord. I mean, yeah, I... The unique challenge of Pullman is just sort of like, I mean, whatever. Like, like that is the that is the only time of day in which it would probably be prohibitive for everyone. Like, like you know what I mean? Like the seven o'clock starts. Like, okay, yeah, that's kind of rough for you know Spokane people who gotta you know drive that you know crazy ass highway back up there after a game at you know you know midnight or whatever. Um, So I mean, I get all that. But it's like, at least, you know, the students, you know, the students are there to party, you know, like uh, people who are staying the night in Pullman are there, you know, whatever, you know, and you can tailgate all day leading up to, I mean, it's great. Like at 9 a.m., like, I mean, what, what are are you going to, I mean, nobody wants to do that. I mean, like if I lived in Pullman and I get up early, I don't think I would want to go to a 9 a.m. game. Like I have small children, so I get out of bed at like, I mean, I'm out of bed by five 30 or six on pretty much every day. Like it doesn't even matter anymore. Cause I'm that kind of old. Well, I'm, I've like, had a bunch of, because of our, uh, because of our expansion to global markets, I have so many like 6am calls and 7am calls that I can't, I can't sleep past 7am anymore. Like it's impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I would be up, but it's a whole different thing. Like in Pullman or whatever. Yeah. So I, I, even if I lived in Pullman, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, I would, cause I like waking up, having a coffee, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I just can't convince myself like, okay, 6am oh, time to, you know, time time to, to get ready see, for Cougar football. You see, know, it's like, see some folks before the game, go to the go to the tailgate, whatever, yeah. like go to Valhalla, you know, whatever, have a beer. Um, it, it's, it, it takes out that experience. Like, cause there's there's something special about the pregame tailgate Absolutely. that you can't get in the postgame tailgate. Absolutely. It's that anticipation or that pessimism or the optimism, whatever you're feeling. Uh and, and it's the watching the other games happening, you know, whatever you're talking about, talking about other stuff. Because after the game you're talking about the Cougs and you're talking about what happened. And, you know, lately, uh, thankfully, you know, most of the games have been wins in Pullman. And so it's it's happy most of the time. Um, but uh, uh Apple Cup excluded. Um, but uh, what? And, which and game? F- I don't F- know. I've never heard of that. Apple game. Cup and FCS. Game. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Um, but uh, but yeah. So it's um, so uh, let, let's talk about it. Let's say 9 a.m. start. Uh, WSU versus Arizona. Uh, it's uh, October 10th 
and the game's at 9 a.m. And we knew this, like we knew this coming in. And so you play, you're like, well, fuck it, I'm going to the game. Uh, or, or you're like, wow, man, these tickets are cheap. <laughs> uh, uh, but so we're we're going to the game, 9 a.m. game. Yeah. I mean, I I got season tickets. I'll probably be there. Um, well, what like so I'll 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 start off. So I I don't I don't want to give away too much, but I book I book my lodging really 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 far in advance so i only stay i only plan to stay on saturday when i go to cougar football games uh-huh. and i do have i do have family in yakima so if there's a like a, a noon or 11 a.m start i'll stay in yakima the night before and i'll do the i'll get up early and drive and then i'll but i knowing that i get to stay in pullman that night so right so i i I just, but the thing is, most of the games are late enough to where I can drive over on Saturday morning and still get some tailgating in, and and then, you know, you know, check into my hotel and and you know, go to the game. Um, 9 a.m. is is uh, you definitely would have you if if you're coming from anywhere, like you you could if you're in 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 Spokane. Uh, you can get up at, you know, uh, and and drive down for the game. Like, you definitely could. Uh, you have an early morning. Like, I've gotten up that early from Yakima or, you know, the west side to drive over. So you definitely know you can get up that early and go. And, and if it's, you know, the mid-fall or, or early fall or, you know, still late summer game, then, it, then it, it, the roads probably aren't going to be that bad. Like, it's not going to be too dangerous or whatever. Um, if you want to come back after the game, then it'll be like, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's not so bad, especially, I don't know. So, um, but I don't think like you're going to have a lot less, uh, Spokenites, uh, wanting to get up at six o'clock in the morning to get ready and, and go down to Pullman, especially without any promise of any tailgating or seeing any Pullman sites, unless you want to stay after the game, which of course you can do. Um, but you, you know, there's always that temptation when you stay after the game, like just, I just want to go home. Like if you're not playing stay for me, I, I would almost certainly have to try to find a place to stay on Friday night, uh, which if I knew well in advance, I could plan um uh, i remember i for the for college game day um when there was a chance they would come for oregon i when you just knew like um a few weeks earlier yeah i i was able to uh on top of my hotel i had already booked i was able to book like a friday night in the motel six in moscow uh just you know which it wasn't obscenely priced. i mean for a motel six it was but <laughs> it wasn't obscenely priced um it, it, in terms of like if i'm thinking if I'm doing this, I'm going to college game day. So whatever, I'll pay whatever Motel right. Six is asking. Um, but but yeah, so I'd have to, you know you'd have to plan for an extra night. And but I've already booked that. For, I mean, you can cancel hotel reservations, of course. Um, but I like staying Saturday night in Pullman. Like that's you yeah, know, that's, that's part of the allure of going to. Yeah, Pullman. I mean, you it's don't want to get right out of town. I mean, you wanna you wanna hang out. You know. Yeah, I've I've never driven. Like, I've only had season tickets since I lived on the west side, of course. And but uh, I've never driven back after a game. Um, and and I've had season tickets for uh, this will be my fifth year this year. 
Um, I've never driven back after a game. I was I was planning to drive back to Yakima after the Portland State game. Um, my or the uh, and my dad came with me. We stayed the night before. Uh, they lost. That was a, an early game. That was 11 a.m. That that was really early. Um, and so uh, they lost. And then uh, some uh, BA had a place for me to stay. Or Brian Anderson, our, our uh, uh, co-blogger, um, he uh, he had a place for me to stay. And he, uh, my dad and I just stayed because like, well, we don't want the only memory of this uh, weekend to be a shitty loss to Portland State. Um, so we had some fun. But uh, anyway, so. So, anyways, what I'm thinking is like for that game, we got up at like like we were down tailgating at 8 a.m. and that felt so early. Like we had we had like wi- like whiskey and the coffee, and and yeah. we, like and it, it just and any time it's been like a 11 a.m. 12 a.m. start, like the tailgating, you're like you you always think like a minimum of three hours before, right? Is when or when you, when the tailgates are set up. Like for the early games and obviously for the late games, it's just like you know ten hours before or whatever. Right. right. But uh, you know, um, but and and nine a.m. is you know eight a.m. for eleven a.m. games or whatever. But nine a.m. is kind of like that's usually when people can get around to like wanting to be at the tailgate. Right. Like that's like the earliest. That's about the earliest. And but if if you're talking if you want to tailgate before a nine a.m. game. Like you're, it's like you're like, it's you're you're gonna have to have people hyped up, like they're going to the college game day. Set. Like they're going like, to game day, right? Because yeah, that's like, pretty much, except for with game day, we all just like we're like, sweet, it's nine o'clock, let's go take a nap. <laughs> like it was. Yeah, but that's you know nine o'clock. No, go watch the football. Yeah, now game. go into the football game. I yeah. I don't know. It's like, and yeah. I I just know. If if you look at the extremes, like if the 7:30 and 8 a, 8 p.m. starts are the other end of the extreme, right? Um, people bitch about this, especially people going to Pullman, like bitch about that a lot because there's all uh, like it's very difficult to drive home after uh, a, a you know 7:30 game that gets over at 11, and so it I I don't know like I'm wondering if you know there's I, I think there's I think everyone, like, when they hear about it at first, is just like, there's no way. I think there's a subset of people who don't really tailgate, who just maybe just, you know, I know if you have your kids with you, it's hard to tailgate yep. um, and, and stuff. So, but maybe it was right, like 9 a.m. Right. So maybe you could, like, spin it as a family a game. But also, like, still, like, the for you know a very large chunk of your fans at a 10 games like they're coming over from the west side so you're gonna have to have that friday night lodging and and for that turns into like two nights for most people and and so and even you know you're getting into pullman and and then it's like well well, let's go to bed and and let's get up early and you know we've done you know uh, i've done some very you know short sleep nights on friday because i had a little too much fun on on Friday, but I've, <laughs> I've I've come now to where I do most of my trips of just one night in Pullman because uh, that's all my body can handle. Um, but uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like the more I talk about it, the the less I think it's insane. It's kind of funny as as I'm just going. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, if it was like once and well, like like once every five years, right? Honestly. And I could see. Um, 
you know, I could see WSU trying to make a deal out of it. You know, like, hey, let's open up the, you know, let's open up the field house and have a giant, you know, breakfast buffet or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, or, you know, hey, we'll have a, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of like something crazy. Like, like we'll do breakfast, like, like some kind of breakfast theme, something or other. You know what I mean? Just, well, yeah. Like, like well, think about your standard concessions fair are you like right like what i mean uh, you know give everybody a hot dogs like you're getting a hot dog like are you, are you getting the cougar gold mac and cheese at 9 30 in the morning i mean right. probably sounds depending on what you were drinking before probably be great, right but. you know maybe or maybe you know everybody gets a free coffee on their way i mean i don't know just something you know what i mean like just yeah, yeah. do do something to make it a thing make it an event um you know in years past i would think like there would be no chance of doing that competently, but um, they've actually started convincing me in the last year that they kind of know what they're doing now. Yeah. So so I think they might actually be able to pull something interesting together if they, you know, somehow got stuck with that 9 a.m. They would try to figure out some way to make it an event. And, and that would be, I think, you know, really the way to go, you know, you'd have to somehow convince people that this is, this is a really cool thing that, you know, you want to try and be a part of, you know, maybe with the, you know, with the try and convince the students, you know, maybe, I don't know, let them into the, let them into the, uh, stadium and let them sleep in the stands or something, you know, the <laughs> night before, I mean, I don't know, like bring your sleeping bag and you can, you can sleep on, you know, sleep on the bench. I mean, I, you know, whatever. I mean, as long as it's September, yeah. you know, I mean, I think it could. And people I mean, don't die. Yeah. We don't want exposure. any you know, hypothermia or anything. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, like one time, I don't know, maybe they could be creative and, and try to make it work. But, you know, again, I'll go back to the original thing I said, which is I it, just, I just don't yeah. think it adds that much value. Like no matter what, no matter, no matter what the challenges are, um, I just like, just fundamentally, I don't see it adding that much value. So. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And, and, but also we'd have to pour one out for those poor, uh, television crews that have a oh, call God. time at like 2 yeah. a.m. So yeah. like they would, like, I mean, they would get to go to bed. Like, they would just stay you, up. Do you think of those poor uh, root sports crews um, that they have uh, the getaway game at 1230 on Wednesday, followed by the uh, 10 inning, 11 inning game on Tuesday night? And and they have they pretty much are getting home at like uh, 12, one in the morning and then having a call time the next morning at like, uh, you know, 6 a.m. or something. And, and this would be, you know, those those crews that get into Pullman like because they're usually getting it on friday and they and, and they got 2 a.m you know yeah that's um, yeah. that's insane i mean it's just, yeah you know you would just stay up you just stay up and then go do probably a bad job with the yeah. production and then uh you know and then clean up and then uh, and then go pass out somewhere so I think what we're saying is 9 a.m. games get a bit gets a big whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I listen. I, I think Wilner's thing was, hey, let's get creative, and and I don't I don't hate that philosophy, you know, like hey, let's try something different, let's try something creative. Okay, but I just again I yeah I, think I, it would... I don't see where it, you know, ha- unless you're gonna put a premium game there. Um, I just don't see where it really makes that much of a, of an impact for the amount of effort it's going to take to make it happen. Yeah. It would be the ultimately like, 
in in 20 years we're like remember that time that we had the 9 a.m yeah. football yeah, game yeah. <laughs> like because they only tried it once and they're like this was stupid they didn't right. do anything didn't move the needle right um but yeah so you were talking a bit about um in the last year the uh the athletic department maybe is on the competency scale move the needle towards yeah. competent uh, a little more to where maybe they could do a 9 a.m game and actually like make it interesting um so they they have presented us with this uh this this tease uh this week um we're a little to spend a few minutes on it because by the time you listen to this yeah. you probably already know what happened yeah. um but anyway so uh six so we're recording this the night before so it comes out 6 12 um they're teasing some announcement uh they've been you know uh, fielding guesses and saying no one has guessed even close uh today they uh teased that it was something about uh technology and wc football being with you wherever you go or, or wc sports or whatever um so uh so jeff one do you think it's going to be anything that big two uh, what's your like wild guess as to what it is? <laughs> well, I'm not good at guessing. My my kids will will affirm for you that I'm not good at guessing stuff like it, like anything that requires guessing. My kids will be like, guess blah 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 blah, and I'm like, I, I can't. And they're like, no, just guess. And I'm like, I, I can't. Like I can't. Um, now I know what I wish it was. I wish it was something like an Alexa skill where Mike Leach would give you just random advice. Like that's what I would hope for. Well, you know, I could be like, yes. hey Alexa. Um, ask Mike Leach what I should have for dinner, you know, and then, and it's then a 20 minute, right. And then Mike Leach gets on and goes, you know, one time when I was a boy in Wyoming, my favorite thing to eat for dinner was, you know, leftover roadkill raccoon. And, you know, he'd tell a story about the time they ate roadkill, you know, and it actually tasted pretty good. It was a little gamey, but you know, so that's what I would want, you know, that, With the cost. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so that's what I would want. Um, I mean, I don't know, like what they said, didn't they say something like it, it was something that would allow WS, WSL like, to be with your family at all times or something yeah, like that. Let me, let me go find it. Which I'll seems a little, yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just, so it must be technology related. I don't know, you know, whatever I, I, you know, I I'm prepared to be underwhelmed. That's kind of the biggest thing I'm well, prepared. I think, to, so I I'm think prepared we, to be like, eh, okay, whatever. Okay. But, but okay. I do give them points for trying. I mean, normally they, they wouldn't even try something like, like this. So I'm definitely, so it said innovative tech, innovative technology that makes Cougar football a part of your family every day. Yeah. So, so what I, the other thing I was hoping for was maybe like, their own version of Google glass where college game day is just on loop, you know, 24 hours a day or Gardner Minshew touchdowns just 24 hours a day or whatever. But I don't know. Google glass isn't really a thing anymore. You go, you go, um, uh, augmented reality where, uh, every room you step in Gardner Minshew is, uh, <laughs> doing stretches in his drop strap. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not a college co-ed, so that's not gonna really do much for me. But hey, uh, Gardner Minshew touchdown. Your entire maybe. family. Your entire family. Yeah, um, yeah, my but, entire family. Like dinner time, guys, and then augmented reality. You know, like gar- Jockstrap Gardner Minshew is sitting there eating some pasta. You know, whatever. Yeah, obviously, initially, like people were like, "Oh, it's a you know indoor practice facility. It's 
a big donor, <laughs> yeah, which is know, what whatever. we were really hoping for, right? Yeah, some, sort yeah. of like, some sort of like $10 million donor for the IPF. Like that yeah. would be great. Right. And so, yeah. And, and, but we all knew it wasn't going to be anything like as soon as they did it, you're like, it's going to be a, a little disappointing. So um, we know it's not that they've told us it's not the IPF or anything like that. Um, I do. Uh, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I was hoping that it was something like that, but it's it, I, it's whatever. It's just going to be something silly and like maybe it'll be something cool that you know. But I don't think it's it's I don't think it's going to be something big that impacts the programs in any way. The program. No, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, um, but Cougar football part of your family every day. Yeah. We're we're all going to have uh, WSU. Uh, recruits live like we're we're all going to be given the benefit of <laughs> being uh, uh, WSU recruit liaisons. Yeah, homestay programs. Homestay programs. Uh, <laughs> we teach them how to be cougs um, somehow while being compliant with the NCAA at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that um, shouldn't be yeah. that shouldn't be any problem. But anyways, yeah, whatever. Uh, something's gonna happen tomorrow. If it's it's a really big deal, we'll have an emergency podcast for yeah. you. Yeah. So that so that's our plan because we had so we'll we'll let the listeners in on this. We had talked about like, hey, when should we record? Should we record after this? You know, after after this announcement, whatever. And then we remembered that we're going to see uh, see the Sounders play in the Open Cup at Cheney Stadium uh, Wednesday night. So we were like, well, we can't do that. So if it's something really big and interesting, then we'll probably like whip out a phone and just kind of record a, a raw episode there from, uh, from the Sounders either before the game or during halftime or something. Um, and just kind of throw down some thoughts and we'll upload as a bonus episode. Um, but we are, we are both sort of fully prepared to be underwhelmed. So. Yeah. Underwhelmed. underwhelmed. <laughs> I mean, every, every teased marketing announcement ever in the history of the world is you, you'd be underwhelmed. Like it just there's there is nothing that has ever delivered from a marketing perspective. Speaking as someone who works in marketing now, you there's nothing that has ever delivered on the height like the the anticipation. So there's there's nothing that we're yeah, that's at least pretty we know. They've actually done a good job at, at this point of tempering expectations. I do think I do think there could be this was uh, an informal way to gather data on what uh, WSU alums truly believe is important for maybe. the university or the football program or whatever. Um, so uh, maybe it was an informal thing uh, to do that, which uh, I would give them a tip of the cap for that. You know, uh, the, the thing about marketing is it's, uh, the challenge is always uh, trying to figure out what the hell your consumers want, um, your customers want, um uh, obviously it's a lot easier these days because they uh tell you everything that they want on their cell phone um but uh <laughs> yeah you don't even are, have to ask you just there are, spy there, on them and it's there fun. are laws in europe around how to uh treat that data but but we don't uh, live in europe craig oh let me tell you even if you're a company <laughs> that's not european you still have to deal with it <laughs> you do um because because a european might come over into you that's right it'd be a customer at one point but anyway, so uh, yeah, so whatever, um, big whatever on on everything today. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we're, we won't we won't go into that too much because it's going to be pretty irrelevant uh, by the time you are listening to this. 
but anyways, Jeff, um, did I, uh, as one who works from home, I was able to uh, watch the the Women's World Cup today, um, and I was able to catch the U.S. match, uh, where I saw a barrage of goals that could only ever be matched on a video game. Um, uh, the U.S. winning 13 to zero <laughs> over Thailand. Poor, Thir- poor Thailand. Poor Thailand. <laughs> So that was historic in itself. It's the uh, biggest, uh, the most goals ever scored in a women's World Cup game, and probably I don't know any men's World Cup games had that much either. Yeah, yeah, they did. I was, I'm watching. I have Sports Center on the TV screen right now as as we talk, and and they did say they said most goals ever scored by the United States, and then it said like in parentheses men's or women's world cup. And I was like, are you serious? Like, are, do you really have to put that on there? It's like, the most of men's is scored. Like, I mean, it's gotta be the probably top. three or four or something like that. Like we went through oh, the oh. years where like one goal was the, yeah. Like, I mean, come on. A one zero win was the, the peach. Um, so but, anyway, they scored 13 goals and they were very excited about their 13 goals. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, uh, uh, one of the ones that they've showed a lot is uh, Megan Rapino, uh, uh, or Pilot, however you say her name. Uh, yeah, Rapino. R- Rain FC star. Uh, yeah. She has not, I don't think, played a single match for them this year. Um, but <laughs> uh, not that I've seen because um, they are my hometown team. That's right. um, but uh, but um, she, uh, she scored the ninth goal. <laughs> and uh ran over and She's did this so absurd just ran over and did this kind of hilarious sort of like kick like move i don't know um and so that has kind of been the central of the controversy i think um it's just the celebration of it. your ninth goal it's nine zero you're just beating the piss out of this team and and uh and and then you're you know celebrating like it's a huge goal um and so there's been a lot of uh i i saw right away the fox sports host um uh got well he was uh like alexi lawless was on there and he 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 thought you know uh from a from the scoring of goals standpoint for me it always comes back to i feel like it's more disrespectful to an opponent to lay off than actually just keep playing normally right i i I never I think it's like if if you if you say to your opponent who is apparently supposed to be your peer, which they obviously are not, like the U.S. and Thailand in terms of so- women's soccer, um, but they're supposed to be your peer. You're at this event where you're supposed to be with your peers. Um, if you're if you're just be like, oh, let's kick the ball around in the middle, it's very obvious. In soccer, it's like, I I mean, in football, you run the ball. Like what it is is you run the ball and. And maybe if Paul Wolf is coaching the other team, you still are unable to like even in running the ball, you're still scoring touchdowns. But um, but and you start to start taking knees at the ten yard line. But whatever. Um, but yeah. So uh, if 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 the uh, the U.S. would have just stopped scoring, stopped trying to score goals, I feel like that's more disrespectful to Thailand than keeping the score. But but of course the actual issue that has come up. Is was like the, celebrating the goals uh, as uh, as uh, Rapino did and some of the others did. Like I know uh, um, 
Carly Lloyd scored in the like 92nd minute to make the 13th yeah. one. And and she, you know, she had a she was excited about it. Um I'll say like first off my thing is um uh, scoring in a World Cup is special uh probably for any soccer player. Heck yeah. Um and there's no guarantee that you're going to score another one in the World Cup. Um maybe uh uh so if you had a celebration plan for when you scored your World Cup goal or whatever. Um, if it's nine nothing, ten nothing, like I don't know, like it, just to tell someone they can't have that joy because because they're being too good. Yeah, is you're is too good. To don't celebrate. Yeah, yeah don't stop be celebrating. You're too good. I don't know, like they they didn't like. I mean, did, did they know that when they scored their World Cup goal, it was going to be like eight nothing? Like, do you get it? You get, you don't get to have joy in it because uh, because Alex Morgan has already scored five or whatever, you know? Like, I, I don't know because Alex Morgan didn't. You know, she scored her fifth goal and she didn't really. She just smiled and she you know hugged her teammates or whatever, which is tied a record um, um, set by as you uh, reminded me, uh, Shoreline Zone uh, Michelle Akers yeah. in 1991. Yeah. Two-time World Cup winning Michelle Akers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so five goals. I mean, if I was uh, Alex Morgan, I scored five goals in any match, or uh, let alone a World Cup match, I would have lost my shit. Like, yeah, like, insane. Like, so I don't like. And and here's the thing. Like that. I I mean, I've never and I never will see anything like that again. And so me as a fan, like, I, I know I, I've seen, like, some soccer fans are like, that wasn't really enjoyable because, you know, they felt bad for their team. Like, it just didn't feel competitive. But me as as not someone <laughs> who cares about that, um, who has to endure much pain watching the men's soccer team, yeah. um, uh, just, I was like, hell yeah, this is so awesome. Like, it just, like, just goal after goal after goal. Like, you just get so much, like, like, there's just, like, it's just, it's like, you're like, this is something they'll never see again. Like, yeah, 13. I mean, it's like imagine the WSU Arizona game, except WSU just kept scoring at that rate and finished with like a hundred points, and Arizona yeah, had right. zero. Yeah, if if the the fifty five point first half was duplicated was again, also well, in the second half. But actually, the the amazing thing is that they only had three goals at halftime. They yeah. scored ten goals in the second half. Yeah, like ten <laughs> Which goals. Which is in the bananas. Half. It's just insane. Like that's a goal every what four and a half. Like I mean, yeah. so there's three minutes, so a, a goal roughly every you know four and a half minutes. That's not. I mean, that's not unusual for soccer. In the sense that obviously the score is unusual, but I just mean in the sense that the the more dominant team um, sort of opens it up in the second half after the other team is chasing, you know, been chasing them around for, you know, six well, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's unusual for any like football, any basketball. Yeah. We, we see that happen. You know, the, the yeah. other team can it's expel all their energy to yeah. like stay in it but but eventually that energy good is yep. gone and the and the you know the the adrenaline of the, right. the the start of the match is gone and and you can and only yeah. chase for so long you know in, in soccer you if you don't have the ball you do a lot of chasing oh yeah and you can only chase for so long before you really start to run out of gas and it certainly looked like that's what you know, that's what happened with them. And, well, yeah, it and wasn't I think, difficult. A lot of the goals, uh, a lot of the goals in the second half were not difficult goals. Right. Like, I mean, I've seen a matter of finishing yeah. inside, inside 10 yards, really. Yeah. Like a lot of them were inside 10 yards. Yeah. 
I've seen the highlights. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was dealing with a with a sick kid today, but you know, they <laughs> the other thing they're limited by is is the way, you know, substitutions work in soccer. So, you know, if if someone listening to this isn't really a soccer fan, they may not realize that you only get three substitutions for the entire game in soccer. Unless it goes to extra time, then they give you another one. But um, you know, in a 90 minute game, you get three substitutions. That's part of the strategy you know, of soccer. So, um, so they get three subs. Well, I mean, they are, you know, obviously the United States was so much more talented. I mean, even if you take off three players, number one, the three players you're bringing on are probably still better than anybody Thailand has, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, and then what do you, you know, like, I always kind of put it this way, like, okay, so what's more embarrassing getting, you know, a bunch more goals dropped on you or the United States playing keep away for 30 minutes. Like, just like, haha, look, you can't get the ball. And they're just like passing around the back, you know, passing it up to the midfield and then passing it to the side and then back passing again and watching Thailand run around because they can't get the ball. Like, is, is that somehow less embarrassing? Like, are they supposed to then, okay, so that's embarrassing. So then are they supposed to like kind of half try, but not really try so that it looks like Thailand is doing better than i mean it's just like it's stupid well, it's stupid. can we just that like there is so there's two clear best teams in their in their uh in their group and sweden's the other one and Sw- right sweden's playing thailand too and yep. say say uh uh u.s and sweden play to a draw Yep. And they both beat the other two teams. So they, they both end Chile, up with the same amount of Chile's points. Chile's the other team. Yeah. So if they both beat Chile. They both beat Chile and they, and they they and then they they draw each other. Uh Sweden by the way beat Chile 2-0 today. Right. Um so uh say the the US also beats Chile 3-1, 2-0 whatever. Or maybe they only beat him 2-1 or whatever, 2 1-0. Uh and they tie. So what the the difference in winning the group and and getting second two teams from the group advance. If you're not familiar with the World Cup, whatever. Um, I don't know why you're still listening to this, then, but maybe you're just <laughs> want to learn something. But if you're not maybe. familiar with the World Cup, two of the four teams from each group advance, creating the round of 16. Um, so the if you're if you're the winning group, you play from another group, the the second team. And if you're the if you second in the group, you play the first team from another group. So you could play. Um, if you're the second team, you can end up playing a powerhouse. And, and and you know be knocked out in the round of 16 i mean it, you never know like it does like it's really hard to like sometimes the second team is actually the better team like just because of how these things shake out because it's only it's three games like a lot of shit can happen but anyway so the goal differential is a tiebreaker in that situation and so in it's the first tiebreaker if you have the same results um which they could have the same results if they both beat chile and thailand and then they tie and they draw. Um, so what, at what point do you say we have enough goals? Like, it, like do we have enough goals? Right. So this, these goals don't in matter the fir- anymore. In the first game of the tournament. In the first it's game, not like the third game where you already know, you know I mean? Like, right? 
you know, it's like, okay, we only need this many goals to make sure we, you know, have the, the goal differential. Like you, you don't, it's the first game you don't know. And being, because the difference between the top teams and the bottom teams, or even like from the first tier to the second tier is bigger than what you would find in a men's world cup. You know, the difference of being a one seed to a, to a two seed you know, is actually a pretty big difference or could be, could be a pretty big difference. Like you could end up playing a significantly, you know, better team if you end up in that second slot versus the first slot. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right on, you know, you got to try and score as many goals as you can. Sweden's going to play them, you know, who says Sweden doesn't go out and score 10 goals against them, you know, and, and what you if gotta, Sweden sees that the U S has scored because Sweden's playing them next. Right. What if Sweden sees the U S has scored eight goals right and they're like well we got to go get nine goals we got to go like, get nine goals and they honestly watching thailand today they probably could do that like honestly oh like God. if they, were, if they so were really that motivated like i these goals were not difficult and no. the u.s could have come away with like 20 goals there was a couple penalties like that could have been called in the first half that the ref did just let happen like there was like obvious penalty if this was like a closely contested match the ref definitely would have called those penalties but the ref knew from the start it was not going to be and i'm pretty sure that she had that in mind and was like if it's an iffy penalty i'm not calling it and they even went to var and one of them i was watching and like the the girl was clearly pulled down from behind or the woman was clearly pulled down from behind and they didn't they didn't like they you know i think maybe in another situation you might have seen that reverts reverse that and make it a penalty but um like this is like they that honestly like they this could have been worse and it could have been you know they could have pulled off completely and like what do you do in that situation like you still have to move the ball around right and you definitely don't want to uh you don't want to give up a goal like you don't want to start like having the differential go the other way and right. if you're just playing passing around in the middle of the field you definitely can run the risk of that so you want to keep it in your half of the field and honestly like you just make a couple passes that they, they were not like making like like in like like crazy plays to get into the box yeah it seemed like the thing that most people had the problem with was the celebrations yeah and I, and but that which, was the time, which i'm still you know, just like i'm, I'm for me, it's the fact that you it's scored a goal Cup. in the World Cup, and exactly. I, you know, I don't care. Like, I don't care that you your delicate sensibilities are offended by the fact that someone's happy. Like, that's stupid, you know. And it's like a bunch of, I mean, I mean, let's be frank, a bunch of old white dudes, you know, sitting around going, you know, have a little class. It's like, I mean, you know, you, you've never been at that level. You've never put in, and, and I mean, and let's let's also be real. Like, this is. For these athletes, well, I say like there's like stage. I don't know. You can say like Taylor Twelman is one of those old white dudes who's mad about it, and I guess I don't know. He's been at that's sort of his brand, though, is to be yeah, like yeah. I mean, he's just a, he's man. a grumpy guy, and, and I kind of like embrace it with him sometimes, and yeah, it's I mean, kind he's of funny. a he's a grumpy like, New Englander, and that's what yeah, he does. But and, but you know, like he but he is he's been like if you search Taylor Twelman right now, that's like what. Every every article that comes up is is him. You know, he's not a problem with the scoreline. He's mad about the celebrating. Um, whatever. I like. I, I don't know. I've already made my point. Like you've already made your point. Yeah. Like it's 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 uh whatever. I'm I'm really stoked to go watch the Sounders play at uh, a <laughs> U.S. against the Timbers. Uh, yeah. 
like fucking walking distance from my house tomorrow whatever yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah go soccer go, go soccer. soccer also That's if you right. like like if if you like a uh, sense of pride in your country like watch the goddamn women's world cup we have yeah. we have the best team in the world and they fucking wreck people yeah and um they're they're like it's like it's like kind of like Tiger versus the field in terms of uh, when Tiger was going in terms of like who's winning the World Cup or only because there's so many in the rest of the field is why they wouldn't win it. Because um, there's been uh, how many there's been there's uh, since 91 and uh, eight and the U.S. has won three of them. So like uh, that's like this is the ninth one and there's a chance that the U.S. could win four out of nine. Like it's that's how dominant the U.S. is in this like this event that happens once every four years where your players turn over and like get old and, and you know like it's crazy and so if you want to be real patriotic and and wave that flag uh, watch uh watch watch these matches it's fun it's fun to watch them just pummel people <laughs> yeah I mean you know if you like excellence and I like excellence you know it's I. It, I mean, I'm that. I mean, I'm that same way. You know, I mean, I like to watch LeBron James. I like to watch Steph Curry. I like the Warriors. You know, it's like part of that's Clay oh, Thompson. And Clay. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, part of that's Clay, but part of that's also just, you know, the idea of watching, you know, uniquely talented athletes do unique things. Like I, you know, I love Steph Curry because he does weird stuff for a guy who's not very tall and, you know, not very big. And he, you know, bends the game to his will. I think well, that's, that's so much fun. I mean, so just to take it. I mean, that's like this finals is fun to watch because Kawhi Leonard is another he's guy like doing that. the exact same thing. Like he's a right? six, seven dude who like just doesn't look like a guy that should dominate. And he's yeah. just incredibly strong and a great defender who became a great offensive player and, yeah. and is just just knows how to play and knows how to use his like his body and his skills and, and knows exactly and has become an elite top five basketball player and this has been a fun like in that regard i mean it would have been more fun if uh, kevin durant didn't get hurt but yeah uh, i think we could have seen uh i think i think maybe it's still like two three the maybe just flip the other way um right now i think it's still a very good series if durant's playing i don't um because you know the warriors the games they've won have been very close and the and the the raptors have kind of blown them out a couple times but but i uh i don't know like we kind of went off a tangent there but yeah, yeah. but anyways go clay yeah he he uh saved his team's ass again last night but uh, yes he did as hopefully, he is want, as he is want to do as he is want to do hopefully uh for his sake we will uh be able to talk about him doing that again next week they have a what is it uh sunday the their next game no they're not sunday that's thursday thursday yeah, and then so it game on sunday. thursday and then it would be sunday yeah for yeah. game 7 yeah so oh we'll know by next podcast what happened that's right hopefully we'll be celebrating another championship for clay Honestly, I love Kawhi Leonard. And yeah, he's pretty great. I mean, I wouldn't. It's one of those where I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty badass. Because I remember Kawhi in, uh, when, in school. I was actually, I think when when he was in, that was when I was contemplating going to uh, San Diego State for grad school. So I uh, I thought he was bad. He was one of those things where, it, like, 
Ken Palm nerds and analytics nerds knew he was like awesome. And like, we're like, why the hell is this guy at San Diego state? Right. And, uh, and then, you know, he gets to the NBA and, and proves that, you know, like almost immediately with well, the Spurs. Now we know why. Cause he was super weird. <laughs> yeah. <it's> so weird. <laughs> he was super weird. And like all the big programs were just like, eh, not really worth the effort to recruit a super weird dude. Yeah. Apparently it should have been though. <laughs> worked, out, worked out well for San Diego state. Yeah. It reached heights that they probably may never see again, but, uh, um, but yeah, so where are we at now? Uh, I don't know. You want to talk about kids? You got any funny kid stories? Uh, do I, man? I don't know. Uh, I don't think I took B to any sporting events this week. Maybe it was a sporting event free week. I don't know. Uh, we, uh, she did do so. Uh, you didn't stick around for it, Jeff, but they did have the uh, diaper dash um, at the Santaneros. And so we signed her up in the two and under division, or the two one to two division. Now the the zero to one's hilarious. It's all just like you know, like it was like five kids in it, and they're all crawl. Like that was like if you're you know a pretty good crawler by the time you're one, you know. Um, right. So B uh, at the starting line, um, a man. I'm at one end. Amanda's at the other. Uh, I'm kind of like behind some people like, you know, it was too crowded. Uh, It was just like there was too many participants for the width of the course. It's not a lot. It's like maybe 15 yards, 10 yards, maybe at the like maybe 10 yards. Like it's not a long way for them to run, but just from one parent or, you know, grandparent or whatever to another. And uh, B uh, starts off, you know, gets going and then. Notices everyone is cheering and clapping, and B, one who goes to sporting events a lot, loves the cheering and clapping, <laughs> and like she loves that part. She loves when everyone's cheering and she like starts clapping, and like even like if if the other team scores and she hears the other team's fans or players clapping, she like clapping out to be like, "Stop, B! What are you doing? You're embarrassing me." But but yeah, but uh, but so she. Just, and I have a video, like, she just stops in the middle of the race. And, and or race, whatever you want to call it, the dash. And, oh, no, and it's, it's a race. Like, it's a race. She's, she's clapping, and she's, like, waving to all the people because she's just surrounded by people cheering. And she's just smiling and having a blast. And she actually got, like, I, I, I looked through the official uh, race photos today. Jeff, I couldn't find you. Sorry. Um, no. I, did, I did find me in the background on some things. Um, but there's a couple full on just like B is the center of attention pictures because she's just like got her big smile. Well, and yeah. Standing in the middle of the field, just and soaking it all up. Um, Amanda had to come in and grab her by the hand and lead her the rest of the way because she's I, I think she probably if they were if they were taking official scorekeeping, she got last place because um, she was just enjoying the atmosphere more than anything. Um, so. Uh, my daughter is more of a fan than an athlete, which is what I learned that day. <laughs> um, she was just very excited about the uh, the spectacle of it all and less interested in competing. Um, so that was pretty that was pretty fun, and uh, and we have some good pictures that the official photographer took. So that that was nice. Yeah, well, that's good. She's you know as we've as we've gone over before, she's incredibly photogenic. So 
she know when the camera's on, she's like, oh, a camera smile. She's like, she's got it, which is, I am telling you, dude is number one is not normal. Um, number two, you will appreciate so much when it's like, I mean, you've probably already done this, but I mean, just like, you know, when it's like family photo time or, or portrait time and it's like, you know, you're trying, you know, you're doing a little dance, you know, making fart noises to try and get the kid to smile or something. And it's like, man, B, all you got to do is get a camera near her. And she's like, oh, camera, you know, like, let me put on my nice smile right now at the perfect time for you, which is sort of actually, if I could be a hundred percent honest, kind of pisses me off because none of my kids were like that. So screw you, screw you, Greg. No one's as cool as B. It's true. It's true. What about you, man? And they've had some sick kids. This uh, week. Yeah, we've been we we've had some sickness. Atticus gets this like. Thank you for not bringing that to my house, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's see. Sarah was sick. She had to get fluids on uh, whatever it was Thursday or whatever, and and then uh, and so like we ended up in Tacoma. So for the for the listeners, we ended up in Tacoma, and I had to kill some time with the kids. Uh, so I took them to dinner and. Didn't know, you know, how much longer Sarah was going to take. So I'm chatting with Craig. Craig's like, oh, we should just, you know, come over and hang out. Would that be helpful? And I was like, yes, that would be very helpful. And then uh, my youngest was, I had forgotten, was sort of coughing all day. And and then he, he, as soon as I was like, yeah, that'd be great. He like lets out this like ridiculously loud, like wet, nasty cough. And I'm like. Oh, I should not go to Craig's house. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like tempted. I was like, ah, oh. but I do, I do know that uh, the closest I've ever come to murdering somebody is when they brought a sick kid over to my house. So, um, so I, I didn't want you to have to feel like you needed to kill me. So, I figured it'd be better if I just, if I just stayed away. Sarah didn't, Sarah didn't end up, you know, sticking around that much longer. So it worked out all right. But yeah, he continued to be sick through the weekend and. Uh, he's actually missed three consecutive days of school, which totally blows. And yeah, uh, that's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing better now. Well, like I thought, so he, he was he was throwing up, threw up Thursday night overnight. So he stayed. I stayed home with him on Friday, and then Saturday went better, and Sunday went better, and um, and then Sunday night he threw up overnight, and then so Sarah stayed home yesterday, and then things seemed to be kind of okay, and then last night he threw up some more, and it was like so. Then I stayed home again, and. So we took him to the doctor today and doctor gave us some anti-nausea medication to try and hold it back. He he gets this thing where when he gets sick, he'll, he'll actually throw up a lot just because his body does that. Um, where, you know, most of us, we might sort of be intensely nauseous, maybe like for a day or something. Um, he can actually last for like days and days. So that, as you can imagine, that creates a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of loads of, uh, uh, laundry with blankets and sheets and, right you know, whatever. So yeah. So that, that was, that was sort of the extent of my weekend and, uh, but you know, whatever, we're good. Nobody's dying. We're good. Just, just a little, just a little, little speed bump, a little speed bump on our way to summer vacation. So we'll we'll go drink some beer at, uh, at the Sanders match tomorrow. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, Um, this is a, a, a soccer podcast now. (laughs) <laughs> well you know i mean it is it is summertime and that's that's sort of that's sort of about it so it's about all that's going on i guarantee you this will not be the last time we talk about the women's world cup <laughs> yeah no i, I doubt it we'll probably oh, talk- we got the gold you got the the gold cup that's right as well, well talk about the uh, national team copa copa america there's all sorts of stuff going on in the summer for soccer. You think there's no sports to watch in the summer? That's right. If you're a soccer hater, 
we'll try and keep it to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> we did so well today. We'll try to spare you. Well, we waited until late in the podcast. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, we're very good at um, making our podcast late in the podcast. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, my uh, subscribe. Free, my, my my Freem Pilsner is is out now. I have no beer to drink. Good man. Uh, uh, but yeah, so um, uh, subscribe if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, just go ahead and hit subscribe on whatever you're listening to. Uh, yeah. Podbean, which I, I I don't think many of you actually come into the Podbean app to listen to it, but um, iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher. Uh, whatever Spotify Spotify even yeah. does it. Oh, I think we just we just got on uh iHeartRadio. Um, yeah. which I didn't even know did podcasts. Yes. Um, but we sad. are we are in iHeartRadio, so subscribe to us on there yeah. as well. Um and give then, us a five star rating because we have a we have a perfect five star rating right we now. We have a perfect five star rating and you should not you should bolster that for yeah. one for when the grumpy grump comes in and That's tries right. to somebody's going to be grumpy. Somebody's going to be like, I did not sign up for this podcast to listen to you talk about women's soccer. And then we'll be like, did you not know that we're a bunch of West coast liberals? Of course, we're going to talk about women's soccer. So yeah, it's required. It's in the fucking like, That's right. it's in the handbook. Yeah. It's in the like, handbook. You have to like, we have Must to be soccer. talk about underrepresented populations playing sports that aren't that popular. That's yeah. it. Well, soccer is insanely popular. Not, Not in this country, <laughs> goddammit. Not in the U.S. This is the U.S. Sorry, no, no, no. That, Jeff, that line was from the pamphlet. I had to use it. Like, I was required. <laughs> like, it was required. Like, I would have, like, they would have showed up at my door if I didn't use that, like, yeah. that yeah, line. Yeah, they would have revoked your uh, snowflake card. That's yeah, I know. And I, yeah. And all, the benefits are numerous and and what would you do without that 15 percent off that you get at the uh i don't know what's a really liberal store like whole foods the 15 percent off you get at whole foods there you go (laughs) still too expensive (laughs) you're like that's still 30 percent more than when i go to fred meyer oh you uh so uh screw it no one's listening at this point (laughs) so you you are uh I mean, you are the biggest Safeway hater I know. I am, uh, and, and not and because honestly, I hate Safeway, just because it's expensive as hell. Yeah. So, uh, we've uh, we've shopped with Safeway in the past, but like we uh, we've been shopping at Fred Meyer mostly lately. But we just had to stop on the way back from we went on a hike, and we went back to Point Defiance Park for a hike today. And on the way back, we just had to get a couple essentials at Safeway, and we literally just couldn't buy things because they. They were too. I was like, this is ridiculous, like <laughs> ridiculously priced, yeah, like stuff. And I'm just like, I haven't shopped in Safeway in a while, and I like kind yeah. of forgot, like yeah. that, that just like it is higher, like it, it higher it's price, so much higher. But I, I will say, like one thing I always associate with Safeway is insanely long checkout lines. Oh I, yeah, I, I think they tell their checkers to um like engage. They more do with people, and they so do. you're just like sitting there like like this next person in line and you've been waiting for 10 minutes yeah. already like stop talking to them well Nobody then they try cares. and talk to you yeah and, and then you're like, like i, I don't you, want to talk I, to I you i just want to check out and go just, home just can you finish checking out my stuff so i can yeah. leave 
it took me 20 minutes to pick out my food and it's taken me 20 minutes to get rid of like yeah. to for my food like so yeah so but i will say we got through the checkout line very quickly uh we just uh had to decide not to buy a few things uh because <laughs> we couldn't do a, a full-on good like a proper grocery shop um uh, also there's Bees to the point where there's only there's a very there's a limited amount of time you can have her in the cart, especially if you're getting food that she likes. Yeah. Um, string cheese, milk, uh, bananas, which is we're going to the grocery store because we need to buy the things that Bee eats. Like otherwise, we're gonna have a horrible day the next day. <laughs> like, right. Like we oh, need 100%. the string cheese and the milk and the banana. Yeah, she wakes no. up every day and goes, Nana, Nana, Nana. So like we have to have a banana for her, otherwise like we'll we'll hear about it the rest of the yes, day. Yes, you will. She has a very limited vocabulary. One of those words is banana or nana, and and if she will ask for it the rest of the day, well even if you give her one, she will. So I don't know how much would be different. But also you deal with a grouchy kid if they're not getting enough to eat. Right. Um. So that's a that's a problem. But also I, I like milk in my cereal in the morning. Uh, I like just having a bowl of cereal because I'm lazy and I want to eat anything else. Um, so I like to have the milk, and so we're we're taking care of at least from that point. We just and that wasn't that wasn't overly priced, but uh, there was a couple of things we wanted to buy for like dinners for the rest of the week, and we're like, nah, nah, we're fine. Like we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out a dinner uh, based on something else. But anyways. Uh, that is not interesting and not good. Po- if maybe if we were in the uh, the grocery store podcast industry, um, that would be more interesting. But it, it's not. Hey, you know, um, come to us for all your your hot tax takes, your hot grocery store takes, and by the come way, come to us on your uh, fat man running. Uh, long yeah, your distance your fat running. man running long distances takes. Yeah, yeah. Don't. No, I'll say like. I, I I was uh, pacing uh, with with uh, next to this uh, so, so this girl that was running the pace that I wanted to run and so I was like she obviously like she seems like she knows what she's doing because she was like she looked very fit and but she was about five foot four probably um, which is uh, more than a foot less than me and and so I just kind of ran up to the cider for a while and then after a bit I was just like hey I'm pacing with you just so you know like I, I'm you're going the pace I want to go I like it and she goes uh, you have well, you have such long legs, so that makes me feel good. And I reached out and I grabbed my belly and shook it. I go, I got this too. <laughs> like, so that, that yeah. evens it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Fat Man Run 2, you got you to gotta lose those weight, that weight somehow. But yeah, um, yeah. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah, man, pretty good. Um, like and subscribe, especially if you are still listening. Especially point. if you are still listening, you are hardcore and you should be subscribing. So. Um, also, uh, send us email podcast versus everyone, uh, questions, whatever. Um, someday we'll be cool enough to have enough questions to do a mailbag, I guess. Yeah. I um, but uh, that's not the case at this point. We haven't uh, run out of things to talk about yet. You'll know that we've really landed on hard times when we're like, mailbag, send us mailbag questions. Yeah. We're probably only a couple of weeks away from that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to... Uh, we got the doldrums coming up. 
We have to be careful though. We don't we don't want to infringe on uh, ask Michael anything territory. We don't we want to make sure that Michael has his space for his save your uh, save your questions for the Coog Center hour. That's right. Unless, uh, but you can ask us uh, ask us something, but not anything. We can't ask us anything. That's yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. You can ask Michael anything, but you can ask us some things. Some things, not anything though. We have limits. We have, we, right. have st- we unlike Michael, we have standards. All right. This is this has yeah. gone on long we're enough. Done. We're done. All right. We're done. All right. Go go Cougs. Go Cougs. Go Cougs.